Well, this should be an interesting episode. There are a lot of factors that go into how household chores get divided up between husband and wife, and today we want to give you guidance on how to do that without creating any unnecessary conflict or resentment. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a possibly a feisty podcast for you this week. Could get feisty talking about housework. This Not is our marriage. <clears throat> no, never. This is episode number 136. Today, we're going to be talking about the division of household labor. Hey there. Before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we gave you a marriage survival guide of sorts for the toddler stage, which is such a busy, exhausting stage. Which and we're done. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I we know. But, you know, even thinking back to it, like, oh, just to my chest almost like tightens up a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And yet it's good too, right? Actually, we have teens now, so we have to say it's cray cray. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely worth going back and checking out if you're in that stage or if you're looking forward to it, or even if you're just thankful that you're past it. Yeah. Anyways, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, a blueprint of sorts for a successful marriage. And most of all, we offer hope, hope that you can get your wife to do all of the housework. That we do not offer. We should try though. Are you planning to get married again? (laughs) Okay. Let's get into the topic of dividing household labor, not necessarily equally, but fairly. (laughs) Sounds good. Okay. Just adding fuel to the fire here. But hear me out, okay? Okay, I'm listening. I want to talk about the unequal division of household work. So according to a piece of research by Breen and Cook, I should have looked to see if these researchers were male or female, but (laughs) in 2005, men's contribution to household work is on average one third of the time that the wife puts this in. Puts this in? That the wife puts in. Sorry. Okay. Getting my words wixed. Okay. This ratio, they claim, has persisted even with the increase in women having full-time jobs and financial autonomy. Women still take most responsibility for and spend the most time on household tasks. Hmm. Why is that? And or, they, well, they thought, sorry. so let's play this through, okay? Okay. They thought it's not due to any kind of power struggle within the marriage, and it's not caused by different amounts of time available. Mm-hmm. But they would say that it's the non-conscious ideology developed from parental modeling that preserves traditional sex roles. Okay. Now, in reading this research, this particular piece, they like there was some facts, but I think that the there was an ideology driving the research in a certain direction too. Okay? Oh, okay. Which was to point out that we have a gender inequality issue. Now, in some marriages, there is a gender inequality issue. Okay. So, what do you mean when you say that? It just means that because you're female, you should do more housework than I do as a male. Oh. That's a gender inequality issue, right? Okay. And, you know, we can get into like all this, you know, ideology, inequality issues kind of thing. But I think there's a better way to approach the whole issue. Okay. Okay. Because the researchers themselves, they go on to say we need to get past gender inequality. Women do more unpaid work around the house than men, irrespective of whether they work 
and the amount of time those women have available. And this often comes from expectations from unacknowledged ideas about gender roles. So the researchers say you need to work to balance this out, but you do, but just let's put it in perspective, right? Okay. And I want to make a few points in over the next few minutes. We have to kind of keep all these points together. If you quote me on only one of them, I might sound too liberal. And if you quote me on a different one, I might sound like a misogynist. And we all know what that word means since the last U.S. election. Except for me. Except for me. uh, Just a woman hating man. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Because we need to be balanced on this. And and when we're talking about balance, I want to challenge guys first, because the Bible calls on husbands to live with their wives in an understanding way. That's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the scriptures put the onus on us as husbands to be considerate. Okay. And I think a lot of guys don't think through their own assumptions. I know I didn't. And we don't understand why our wife is disappointed about how chores get divided up. And I want to challenge husbands to be the leaders in this discussion, not leading in the sense of autocratic decision-making, but leaders in the sense of facilitating an open, understanding, receptive discussion about how each of you feel about how fairly you divide the housework and the childcare. And we have a superb worksheet this week to help you guys with this. And I'll tell you about that in a moment. I think this could be scary for a guy to do because you might get double the chores at the end of this conversation if you haven't been holding up your end of things. Right. But what if you got double the love from your wife or passion Ooh. because it's like... Right. Okay. So husbands need to be particularly considerate of the possibility that their wives are working harder than they are. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. I I agree with I agree with the researchers here, like that we... In many marriages, we probably do have a problem. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, and part of the, the problem with the problem is it's not acknowledged. It's just there. And there may be undercurrents of resentment, frustration, disappointment, even coming to disgust, contempt, irritation. Mm. And nobody really knows why it's going on. And this might be contributing to that, right? Okay. And, and the point to this next section is that we need to consider that there's a difference between equal and fair in, in a couple of ways here. Okay. And I'm not talking about whether you and your wife are equals. Like she's a woman, so she should do more work. You're a man, so you should do less housework and more outside work. I'm not getting into that equality issue. Okay. Because you are equals as people. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to discuss there. I'm talking about the equal division of labor in terms of hours Mm -hmm. versus the fair division of labor. Okay. So we're going to go kind of down, down this road here, right? Now, let me just paint this out for you, okay? So you may disagree on the equality of the division yeah, and feel that one of you does more than the other, including the outside work that you do. That's possible. Yeah. Or you may agree on the equality of the division of labor, but feel that it's unfair. For example, if you and I split the hours of household work 50-50 and I work outside the home and you don't, I might say that's an equal division of labor, but to me it feels unfair. Right. Okay. The next couple, however, might be in the same situation, but feel that it's fair because whatever else the wife is doing that doesn't qualify as outside work or household work is so important that the husband is willing to do 50-50 on the household work, even though he's the sole breadwinner. Okay. And they might think that's fair because she's maybe taking care of a disabled child. Right. Or maybe she's involved in the church somehow. And so there's this, it doesn't fit into the household work. It doesn't fit into the outside work thing, but this, it's a service. It's a mission that she does. And he's like, I am so behind this. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll split the labor equally, the household labor, and I'll do a full-time job and you go do that. Right. And it's still in their minds fair. Even though it's not contributing anything back to the household. Mm, right. Okay. Okay. So that might be equal and fair okay. for them. Right. So I, at the end of the day, it's, I don't think it's about equality. It's about fairness. That's right. the most important principle. And it may be that a couple, and we have to say this too, and I, I remember this even, so uh, one of my professors in school, mm-hmm. 
she would probably just, if I can just stereotype her, put it in her box for a moment, she'd probably be more down the women's liberation movement kind of okay. professor. Okay. But the issue came up of traditional gender roles mm-hmm. in marriage. Guy works, wife stays home, does yeah. housework, right? And she said, well, if they both prefer that and they both enjoy that, sincerely, honestly, enjoy that and appreciate that. Who are we to judge them? Right. What's the problem? That can be their choice, right? Right. Um, or perhaps you have another couple and they both work full-time jobs, right? And it may be that in, in this other couple where they both have full-time jobs, she prefers to do most of the household work and she's happy with how he uses his non-work time. So who are we to judge them? If they feel that's fair for them, God bless them. Right. Okay. There's nothing wrong there. So let's not set up some kind of objective outside standard of, of which gender should do which kinds of work and how much, you know what I mean? Like you have to make it, it has to be fair in your marriage. And we're okay. assuming that you're not brainwashing each other or manipulating or oppressing each other, right? Right, right. If the wife likes it that way and the husband likes it that way and they're both happy, good for them. Okay, yeah. So just, and same for us, like we need to come up with what works, right? What we think is, what we both agree on as fair. Yeah. So that's why in the title for the show, we talk about the fair division of labor as opposed to the equal division of labor. Mm. Because there's so many variables. I don't think equal is the best word. I think fair is the best word. And I mean fair in both minds, the husband and the wife. Right. This isn't the husband or the wife, you know, setting down a sheet of paper and saying, these are your chores. No, that's not how you get the fair. No, that'll go over really well. And, <laughs> and even for Linda, like wives themselves may also be a barrier to fairness, even while asking for it in their marriage. So there could be cases, rare, unusual, like men wanting to do more, but their wife prefers it done to a higher standard. Caleb, I remember this. This is, I was talking to one of the moms at school one day and she was in tears because her marriage was dissolving in front of her eyes. And his thing was, I can't even take out the recycling properly because she would go out after him and like collapse the box or whatever it was, fix it. So he was trying, he Mm. was trying to help, Mm. but she held this certain standard that it had to be done to Mm -hmm. and couldn't get past that and just appreciate the fact that he was helping. He was trying. Yeah. He was trying. Yeah. And so, so there, there's complicating issues in that. Yeah. Circumstance. Like she's struggling with perfectionism or something too, right? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And there's even like, we talked about gatekeeping in episode 80. That's a situation where the husband cannot do more with the children because the wife prevents him. Like she's deriving so much meaning from this or something is going on there. Right. And meanwhile, she may be complaining that he's not doing enough. Yes. It's possible. So just, this can get complicated, right? But I think having a really good conversation about actual tasks, chores, work, childcare that needs done is essential. Talking about those roles and expectations. Mm Mm-hmm. Talking about what happened in your family of origin, what you expected to do the same and what you expected to do differently in your marriage. Okay. We have to talk through these things as couples. And this week we have a five-page conversation guide for our much appreciated supporters. If you'd like this guide, to get this guide to help you talk about this issue with your spouse after listening today, you can get it by becoming a monthly patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll just take a quick 60-second break to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. 
Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about fair versus equal. So let's talk for Linda about expectations and perceptions around household labor. Okay. Now, here's a study from 1986, right? So it's going to be... Not that old. <laughs> right, that, that joke, actually. But that's like 31 years ago. It is. So again, there's differences in society That's like back a whole then generation still, right? ago. Yeah. yeah. But let's just go through it. So okay. almost 500 couples were asked about their perceptions of who should be responsible for what jobs and their expectations of who should do what within the marriage. And they found that the majority of husbands consider it important to be better at traditionally male roles, like earning the main income, and a significant proportion... Uh, it was 43% of of wives think it's more important for females to be better at childcare. Okay. Now, like you said, it's an older study, but even if the roles lead to an unequal distribution in terms of time, both men and women may still be quite attached to their different roles in a significant portion of marriages, even today. So perhaps for you, our listeners, division of labor is about which tasks are important to you just as much as it about which ones take the most time, like the meaning of the task. Okay. Not just the quantity of time associated with the task. Like, like I find think more you meaning do. to put a nice meal on the table than to wash the car. Yes. Or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Now a more recent study. So that's something to watch and to think and to talk about, right? Okay. Like so the that meaning I you go, find in again, a task. Again, goes to fairness though versus yeah. equal. Well, it is, it's of. closer to fairness, but there's, it's another element about the value that you place on doing a task. Right. So you might be able to take something off your wife's plate but she may find a lot more value in doing that than she does in her other tasks. So even though it equalizes the time or make the workload seem more fair, hmm. it may not be as much a benefit to her as you're expecting. Okay, yeah. It's just nuancing all this, right? Yeah. A more recent study from 2009 looked at survey data from 732 couples about attitudes towards the division of labor. And they found that women have more favorable attitudes toward cleaning, cooking, and childcare than do men. Women enjoy it more, set higher standards for it, and feel more responsible for it. Hmm. Okay. This may not be all women. But again, just going with the general sense of what they're surveying, right? Women's favorable attitudes towards these tasks and men's unfavorable attitudes to them accounted for the reasons why women actually did them more rather than differences in available time or capacity to do them well. Hmm. So your attitude towards a task also comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. Again, is this the result of social constructs? Probably. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Well, that depends on you. I don't see like, for example, a prescriptive biblical assertion, like an objective standard that says that women should do dishes and men should do mowing and that right. women should appreciate dishwashing and men should appreciate lawn mowing. You right. know what I mean? The Bible right. doesn't say you have to think this way. Right. But somehow this is our reality in our culture, generally speaking. And even depending on where you're listening from today, like, again, we have to put this in context that our podcast is listened to in over 100 countries. So it may be very right. different where you are, right? Okay. But just watch these social constructs and the expectations they create because these expectations play a major role. And the expectations are probably mostly shaped by society, by your beliefs, by your family of origin, by your life experiences. Hmm. But you may not objectively have to 
hold to them. Like they may right. not be objectively true. Yeah. You can question them. Because there's some woman that gets such joy in like homemade crust, pie crust for their pies. Yeah. And the next woman could care less right. about pie. It doesn't mean that one woman's better than the other woman. No, it's just they find their meaning in different Different things, things. right? And so this is the thing. Your spouse's expectations may not be what you expect them to be. Because your mom might have found meaning in pie. Yeah, they may not line up with your mother's. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. Now, and what these researchers found is that when asked about their spouse's expectations around division of labor, the husbands were often less traditional than expected. Hmm. And the wives were often more traditional than the husband expected. Okay. So it's kind of like the husbands are actually more willing to share traditionally female tasks than the wives were. There was a surprise, right? Yeah. And again, so in this, we need to we come back to having to have the conversation. We need to have the conversation about what, yes. what you guys are thinking, right? Yeah. And also this same study found that both spouses think they do more work than the other spouse. Hmm. This comes back to equal yeah, now though, right? Yeah. So having an accurate idea of how much time you spend on things can help you divide the work properly. But again, like just the caution there, it's not purely about the quantity of hours. That's going down the equal division by quantity trail. And you'll probably need to go more down the fair division trail in order to achieve a happy outcome on this. I'm really looking forward to going through this uh, division worksheet. Well, I'm I'm happy with how things are, so we're not going to bother. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about perceived fairness. Okay. A study in 2008 showed that an imbalance in the division of work was linked to marital distress. Mm -hmm. And you know, this is an issue that couples do face. Like when I'm talking to couples in counseling sessions, this issue does come out. Not every time, right? but it does come out. Okay. Like, how are, we, how are we balancing the division of work? But the perception of the division is the most important part. That's the mediating variable. So what you think, what you perceive is what really becomes important, right? And this, this confirms what I've been saying, that fairness matters. Because the study's pointing out that the perception of the division of labor as being fair is more important than it actually being equal. Okay. Yeah. And this comes down to how we think about our relationship when it comes to these sorts of tasks, right? In an exchange relationship style, you only do things for each other out of obligation or anticipation of future favors. It's, I'll scratch your back. I'm waiting for you to scratch my back. Right. In a communal style of relationship, you do things for your spouse out of concern for their current needs rather than concern for reciprocation. So I see you have something, I do it for you. Yes. Okay. In a communal relationship then, perceived fairness is about seeing that your spouse is showing an equal concern for your needs as you are for theirs. Okay. Rather than whether the list of things you appear to do looks balanced. Okay. The list of things you do appears balanced. Yeah. Right? So in the communal style, you're not measuring work. You're measuring mutual concern. Are we acting towards each other out of care and concern? In the exchange style, we're just, we're looking at who's doing how much. But this just sounds so much more loving. It is. It's way better. Yeah. I mean, if you have kids, I think kids come into the world looking at the exchange relationship style, right? Like our kids are like... You know, if I do something for you, they're looking for a If you let back. me wear this sweater, then I'll yes. let you wear my belt next week. Yes. Oh. Right? But if you do it out of concern, it's different. It's right. more like operating out of the golden rule. Hmm. And I think this is a better way to come at things, not just because God invented it, but because at different times, even in one year, workload intensity shifts. So for example, in our lives, even not workload, but just the busyness of life, December is crazy busy yes. when we're at home. Yeah. June is too. Yeah, right. absolutely. Our local church that we're a part of, it hosts a large Bible conference. We have a garden on. We love being outside during that time of year. The kids are finishing school. So there's mm-hmm. end of year activities. Like there's so much going on, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I bring this out because the perception of fair and what is fair can actually shift from month to month inside of a year. Right. So fair in August is not the same as fair in June. Right. And it'll shift to account for things like working hours and extracurricular activities and responsibilities. And we need to be able to adjust to this even on a micro scale inside of a year. Yeah, because you know what? If in August you decided to inform me that you would like, you know, these four types of baking available at all times, (laughs) it probably wouldn't go over as well as at Christmas time. Just saying. Did I do that once? No, but you do it at Christmas. And it goes over okay at Christmas? Well, that's not really part of the conversation at the moment. <laughs> and some things you ask for might never be fair. <laughs> but I do it out of communality. It really something. sounds like that. I know. Okay. Sorry. So how should we solve this? What's fair? Um, you could take over the Christmas shopping. No, we'd spend way too much money. Um, <laughs> Gatekeeping. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> go on. You could do the baking. We'll get the kids to do the baking. That oh, would be fair for us. that's even better. Yes. I'm sure that's communal. Out of concern for them and their future abilities, they need to learn how to bake. <laughs> that's not stereotyping <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, but this is the thing, like, is to have these conversations and figure out how you're going to right. make this all work, right? So, but I think what- if, I want, if I want you to add 10 hours to your baking at some week in December- it's like, where are you going to get the 10 hours from? How am I going to help you get those 10 hours? Right. That's how it, what it has to come down to. So everybody can stay sane and we can still get through it, right? Right. It's not, right. you know but what I mean? But part of it too, and I mean, There's I'm give kind and of, take. yeah, I'm kind of making fun of you here, but I like to bake because I know how much you enjoy it. Right. So there is meaning in it too. So it's not like you're just laying down the law and saying, no. you must bake for me. But I think the whole point here is just showing that it changes depending yeah. whatever circumstance you're in. It's not like you... Get out the checklist and say, you do this, I yeah. do this. You guys can, you can't really create like this document or the guide that you can use. You can't do this, laminate it, and you're done for five years. That's right. what we're going to see going right. through this part. Okay. Because I mean, and again, take this on an even larger scale, right? Between couples and their circumstances, what if your spouse is a paraplegic and you have a permanent right. disability? Right. It's going to look different again for you as a couple than the next couple. Right. What if your spouse is struggling with pneumonia for four weeks? Or what if you just get a cold for a week? Right. It has to change, right? Yeah. But I mean, this, even on this trip, this has happened. Like I was just out one day and you like go to bed and you dealt with the kids and you cooked and you, I don't know what all you did, but. So everything has to flex and roll with life. Yeah. And this means that fair is always going to be a moving target. Oh, see, but I like things and nailed uncertain, down. which means that we need to be willing to revisit the issues, Verlinda, and be assertive yeah. by asking for what we need and want and responding out of concern and care rather than just living in an exchange type situation where, again, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Right. It has to be flexible and fairness matters in all this, right? So there's a few kind of side notes here on fairness to watch out for. Okay. The first is that the perception of fairness can be negatively impacted by comparing the amount of work you do to others... In your situation, for example, seeing that someone else's wife doesn't do as much housework as you do. Mm, Yeah. So if you're comparing yourself to the next person's wife or I'm comparing myself to the next husband, like, and he, you know, he's by the fire with his feet up reading a magazine and I'm helping with dishes. It's like, you want to grrr, right? (laughs) Right, right. So comparing is not healthy. Not helpful because again, you have to take in the full circumstances of life. Like their values come into play in their marriage Mm -hmm. and somehow that's panning out in a different direction for them. Right. You know what I mean? So you can only adjust what you're in. Don't get bit by the comparison bug. Okay. 
watch how earnings, the amount of money that you make as a husband or as a wife, influence and shape your thinking around this. So for example, a study from 2007, wives who have high incomes tend to spend less time on housework is what they found. Did they get a maid? It's especially, hang on one sec, especially true when the wife's income is high in relation to the husband's. So this could have something to do with fairness. Wives who earn lower than their husbands feel the need to make up for it by doing more around the house. Mm-hmm. You earn less money, therefore you need to do more housework. That's the unspoken, unwritten rule. Sometimes it's spoken. <laughs> but do you want to clarify on that point? Like, Well, I'm sure some people say that. Okay. That's all you're saying? <laughs> I think so. Have I ever said that? Well, no, but at times and been like, oh man, why can't I go to work and you can stay home? And you're like, well, when you can earn X amount per hour, we can do that. (laughs) To pay the bills. Yes. So, I mean, it's not not an argument about housework, right? No, no. But I do think that this means watching out for entitlement. Yes. So I earn way more than you like, so I deserve more time off at home. If that's how that gets translated, right? That's an issue, right? Yes. Yes. So you have to be really cautious around the idea that earning more dollars means your spare time is more important than the spare time of the lower earning spouse in the the couple. Okay. That's an equality of persons issue. Because I am worth more than you. I'm I'm more valuable. My time is more valuable because I earn more dollars per hour. That's not helpful. Right. But when you get home, you're worth the same amount. Well, you're actually worth the same amount even when you're not at home too, right? Well, you're worth your worth isn't measured by your income. Yes, yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So have to watch entitlement, right? Again, fairness is a moving target. So also watch this as you go through life stages. So when it's just the two of you between the wedding and the kids, you'll have one set of expectations and roles and uh, division of household labor. Then during toddlers, Mm -hmm. it's going to shift. Then when the kids get older, they can start doing some chores too. Then you have kind of a thing of, well, we want them to do some work, but we also modeling or setting an example mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Then you have the teenage years. They're developing responsibility and they're more mobile, right? And then as you become empty nesters again. So during all these things, and then you, retirement, right? Mm-hmm. So you go through all these things. You'll probably want to consciously shift things around as you follow that larger trajectory of going through life together as well. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm just thinking about a couple I know that, went into the retirement stage and didn't shift. And, and that was a traditional setup, right? He was... Yeah, he worked. She stayed at home. She worked at home. I mean, not a job job, but you know what I mean? And so then when he retired, they never shifted to share responsibilities. So she kept doing all so the work. So she kept work. doing all the work. And he, he was now no on vacation work. mode. Yeah. And it didn't work. Yeah. Like it was a struggle to... I mean, eventually, obviously it worked out. They but found their way. Yeah. So if you have a major transition in life coming up, have a conversation. Think about it. Yeah. Together, yeah. Or moving or... Yeah. Yeah. So just to kind of pull final concluding thoughts together and question, one question to ask, some different things to think about, okay? Typically women do more than men just because they are women. Like it's an assigned cultural role, okay? Just because of a cultural thing. Yeah. Okay. Is your marriage like that? And if your marriage is like that, are you both truly satisfied with that? Ask the question. Right. Both of you probably think that you do more work than the other person, Hmm. either overall or in the home. So just be willing to really hear your spouse's perception of the amount of work that gets done by each of you. Show appreciation for the work that they do do when you're having Mm -hmm. this conversation. Be willing to acknowledge each other. Right. Because the perception here is more important than actual physical hours. hours. Okay. And husbands, since 90% of us probably have the advantage here, let's initiate and lead this discussion to make sure that our wife knows that she has a voice 
and we're being sincerely considerate of her perspective. This is part, I think, of what the Bible is calling us to do when it says live with your wives in an understanding way. Okay. Come to an agreement based on what both of you think is fair rather than being totally equal in terms of the hours worked. So mm-hmm. fairness. Yeah. And then view your relationship in that communal sense where it's about doing things for the benefit of your spouse rather than out of obligation or out of desire for reciprocation. That's, That's the perspective. Good. And I think that will help with the fair division of labor being a blessing to your marriage. Yep. Agreed. So it got a little feisty. Oh, we were very calm. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. Alrighty. So we have two new patrons this week. Well, between this recording and the previous one. Yes. Francha and Damon. So thank you so much for jumping on board to support marriages and to help other people build thriving, passionate marriages, as well as your own. Mm-hmm. Next week, Fernando, we're talking about PDA. Ooh. Public displays of affection. We won't let our kids listen to this. Well, we know our, our teenage daughter thinks of PDAs by us old, embarrassing married people. But hey, this is our podcast, not hers. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a good time going over that one next week. Mm-hmm. Again, that was a question from one of our patrons. And so we're happy to be able to address this on our podcast. They asked about PDAs? Yeah. Like, cool. what's your thoughts on PDAs? Good, bad, ugly? <laughs> well, they're beautiful, not ugly. Well, not all PDAs are beautiful. Sound like, right. do you really want to see that? Oh. All right. Well, that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 136, 136. Find out how you can help support marriages and build thriving, passionate marriages. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Belinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.